an ex-fitness instructor discovers a dead CIA operative's skills in 1950s Connecticut. Somebody write this. Welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea, and then we brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest. Let's welcome Lowell Brilanti. Welcome, Lowell. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the on the show. When we were talking before the show started, the things that you brought up were that you were especially interested in was uh, like the psychology of making decisions and science fiction. And I am I'm fascinated at looking at science fiction fiction as like a uh, with with a sort of sociology psychology lens. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about um, looking at psychology and sociology, the psychology of, of of societies. How does this how does this influence how you what stories you like or what stories what how you pay attention to the stories that you watch or read or listen to? Well, I'm a bit of a skeptic and like critical analytic minded, I guess. So if things don't sort of make logical sense, it turns me off. So if I read like a fantasy or a science fiction book, I want it to be like sort of based in reality. Like, for example, in Harry Potter, you know, they like say something and do the wand and like magic just short sort of appears um, and they don't really know why or where it comes from. But as in like a book like The Name of the Wind, you know, the King Killer Chronicles, like the magic system is based on like sort of like elements of physics or like that type of stuff. For sci-fi, I'm always interested as well when you get into like looking at alien species and and how their uh, their psychology and their physical structure and the way that their brains work might be very different than our own. Have there been sci-fi other worlds or other alien creatures that really interest you in terms of in terms of psychology, in terms of sociology? Well, what really interests me is um, the fact that we haven't seen any aliens, and then sort of trying to explain why that is. So, I mean, that's just based in reality, and uh, it's kind of uh, an interesting topic to try and, I guess, figure out. Is there a sci-fi book or movie that you think really, uh, really deals with that especially well? Or maybe one that you think feels like a most plausible version of what First Contact might be? Well, there's, a couple, there's one that's really, really cool by Arthur C. Clarke called uh, Childhood's End. And uh, aliens come to the Earth, but they won't show themselves. And then they like just really improve our society. Um, and then they eventually do show themselves. And I won't give away any spoilers, but it's really good. And then there's a, there's another, there's a podcast by Josh Clark. He's one of the co-hosts of Stuff You Should Know uh, called The End of the World with Josh Clark. And he goes into like all the theories about like why we haven't seen aliens and what our civilization might look like in the future. And it's pretty interesting. If we did find alien life or if it found us, what are the ways that you think that... Um that it would shape our civilization. And of course, that's a big question. It would depend very much on what we found, but what are some of the things that you would, that you kind of think might be most plausible? Wow. Well, I think that we would see um, a Von Neumann probe. Like we wouldn't like have an alien come into our, like a spaceship into our solar system. We would see a probe basically. Um, Cause that's like I guess, the only way to explore the galaxy. Cause it's so big. Um, but yeah, so I think that would just, it would be really, really cool. Um, but, you know, I guess the only concern is, is like, of course, if we encountered an alien species, like we are more advanced, we'd be friendly with them. Right. But 
you know, if the human species is able to get to other planets and start spreading, um, we are sort of like a bacteria where we're just going to keep like spreading and spreading. <laughs> so they might stop you. But I'm also concerned that we'll never get to that point. It's like a theory of uh, something called the Great Filter, where civilizations can't get to spacefaring because of uh, some unforeseen event. Is there a sci-fi book or movie that really irritates you because you watch it and you're like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not how it would go at all. Match it all with what makes the most sense with this. I watched a pretty terrible one last night and it's actually called Prodigy, which is the name of my podcast. But so I was like, oh, I got to watch this, but it's pretty bad. And uh, I'm looking for a movie to watch to make fun of. I wouldn't suggest it. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, well, we'll give you a chance to uh, plug your podcast and talk a little bit more about that at the end. But for now, we are going to jump right on into our brainstorming and see if we can turn this uh, bizarre beginning idea into a more fleshed out story. Um, so as a reminder, our synopsis is an ex-fitness instructor discovers a dead CIA operative's skills in 1950s Connecticut. Oh, so many questions. Immediate first question is how does one discover somebody's skills? <laughs> what does that, because usually you think of that as being like an innate thing. Is this something, do the skills mean something else? Is this, so yeah, so if it is like some sort of, like that was my initial thought was, it was, yeah, something matrix or something like taking the skills and the knowledge from his brain into theirs, which obviously does not fit with the, with 1950s Connecticut, we think of being less technologically advanced than we are now. So I don't, I'm trying to figure out how that would, what that looks like, what that means. I've got a little bit of an idea for a bit of the backstory. So he's an ex-fitness instructor. So maybe he used to be the fitness instructor of the CIA operative. Oh, Okay. He goes to his house for like a training appointment and discovers that he's dead. He's an ex-fitness instructor. So maybe he used to be his instructor and then like retired. And so he goes just, you know, maybe it's been years and he goes to visit him and he's dead. He goes into, he like bumps into like a bookcase or something and it turns around and he finds all his weapons. Yes. So, so yeah. So what does he do next? Because if he just, you know, calls the, calls the cops and says, there's a dead body and here's a secret weapon room, the end of the story. So what does, what does he do? What prompts him to maybe take up the mantle or, uh, or dig deeper into his death? He's got to figure out why he was killed, why the CIA, CIA operative was killed. Yeah. Is there some way in which, like, I'm trying to think about why wouldn't he just go to the police or report it to, like, the CIA, um, <laughs> to his bosses? So maybe maybe something about the death, like, implicates him in some way. And so he's like, mm. I have to figure out what actually happened to make sure that I don't get involved with this. Like, maybe he was... The thing that's tickling my brain is not just discovering the dead operative, but discovering his skills. Skills. Now, does that mean... Oh! Like... Maybe he didn't know he was an operative. Maybe discovering his skills maybe means that like he, it doesn't mean that he discovers them and now he has them, but he learns, oh, you had all these skills because you were a CIA operative. I've just found this out about you. And so maybe he just thought he was just a regular client and goes over to visit and discovers him dead with something implicating him. And that that makes more sense than what I was thinking, because I was thinking of Chuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Puts on the sunglasses and <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I think this makes sense. Like it he's, does make more he, sense. especially if he didn't know that he was. I mean, he very well might not have known he was in the CIA. If he was just a random fitness instructor, there'd be no reason. Unless he was employed by the CIA, there'd be no reason for him to have to know that. Right. 
But then he discovers this weapon room, and he's like, "Whoa, this guy can use nunchucks. He can shoot this gun. He can nunchucks." <laughs> yeah. So he finds all this information, and he decides he's going to have to be the one to find the killer. What makes him think he's going to be able to? Did the CIA operative have like documentation that gave him clues as to where to go next? Is this something to do with the fitness instructor's old, um, like his old gym or his, you know, the the program where he worked through? Maybe that's right. Like the, like the operative wrote in blood on the floor or something. Talk to Benny or whatever. <laughs> he finds a. Uh... Uh, information regarding a conspiracy involved yeah okay so the cia operative went to him as a fitness instructor because the organization that the instructor worked for was part of a big investigation a a cover for something a front for something but but they also but they also just employed regular people so the fitness instructor had no idea right because it has to be a believable front Exactly. So he, so he or she is just doing this, and then uh, finds, yeah, finds, and the CIA operative maybe didn't know if the fitness instructor was aware of this or not, and maybe thought they were, and was like about to, I don't know, some something, so that it's something to give the ex fitness instructor a reason, right, to I, dig I, into this. I feel like the operative was expecting the instructor to come over, but like not for that reason. But when he got attacked, he was like, I got to leave a message for this guy. So mm-hmm. like, what was going on politically or in the world around then? Oh, yeah. 1950s. Too, right? Uh, yeah, uh, that would be it was after World War II. Um, when did the Cold War was was happening in the 50s? You say that uh, he discovered uh, the McCarthy documents and um, yeah, like recipes for uh, soup and stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> never familiar with it but mccarthy was like said he had a list of like all the people in the all the communists yeah right. in, in higher up places i think this is definitely a communism plot <laughs> that he's exploring like that's that was like a lot of what they were doing then maybe the operative called the fitness instructor over because of something like they found new information in this investigation but then is somebody else comes over and kills him unexpectedly and so so that means that there's a paper trail that there's documentation that the fitness instructor was supposed to show up at this guy's house so now it is a a clearer line like he probably is the murderer so he has to do a little bit more work to make sure that he he starts by seeing something about one of his one of his former co-workers is implicated in something. And so he goes to talk to him and he's like, what's going on? And starts like goes down the spy rabbit hole of <laughs> secret communism in in this. Well, well, yeah, this is starting to feel kind of like Christopher Nolan, where like the main guy has no idea what's going on. But then he starts finding out that all this stuff has been lining up. Like, is it possible the CIA operative has been grooming this guy for a while without his knowledge? To what? To like be an agent, or to be a backup, or a or a sleeper cell, or... or or definitely, I think maybe he was bringing him over because he was maybe not as officially, but trying to yeah. to get him to be willing to testify to something, or to yeah, get him yeah. to be willing to turn over information he had that maybe the fitness instructor did not have or didn't know he had. Because I think he's like completely in the dark. He has no idea that this is being investigated. He right. he left this gym on his own. He had no no connections to this. The CIA didn't trust anybody and so because it was realized that uh you know the higher ups were possibly in on it so he uh he had the fitness instructor come but then before the guy got there uh they killed him but they didn't find his hidden room the fitness instructor did and then when he goes to leave 
he drives away and then you realize that they were waiting outside and they start tailing him. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So he finds all this and he, this is exciting. What happens next? <laughs> right. He takes one of the guns, of course. Maybe a, a few of them in a bag. He's at the house and he's about to just, I think you've got this really exciting moment where he is just about to just call the police and turn it over to them. And then he, A, finds something implicating him and realizes he's in the perfect position to be framed for this. And B, notices people lurking around outside, <laughs> clearly spying on the house. And he's like, crap. And so he has to like sneak out and find his way. You know, he arms himself, and tries to get away, tries to get to somebody who he, think will be, who he thinks will be safe. I like the... Yeah, this is very like this is very much in the vein of like 1970s spy thriller movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he calls the police, they sound like it's a police station, but then it's he, the police officer sp- suspiciously starts like asking him his name and stuff like, so he gets uh, concerned that it's fake and he hangs up. Mm, yes. Okay, so we're at that point where we're going to get a title. Our title is the 40th Global Threat. Oh, perfect. So clearly there there's a global threat going on here. And it's the 40th, which <laughs> there's, there's got to be something significant about that for some reason. What if it's like the CIA's list of like most wanted peoples? And this is the guy who's 40th on the, on the list. The fitness instructor is 40th on the list and he didn't oh, no. know it. <laughs> like the CIA operative is so sure that he's, yeah, maybe whoever is really doing a lot of this, doing whatever the CIA operative is really looking at, maybe he was deliberately framing this instructor. So like, so there are. Or there's a uh, 39 other more important global threats. And so they assigned like just some like junior guy. The... Yeah. <laughs> like, you're only 40th down the list. <laughs> if you're looking at like a printout of the top 50 global threats and your name is 40th on the list. <laughs> yeah it just says your name and nothing else yeah. oh is, is that what he discovers in in the secret that's what room? he discovered that's a little silly we might have to play with that a little bit but it could be yeah. very well like you know the, the the his name or the name of his the name of his gym and then like his name alongside it so he yeah, doesn't McCarthy's know like... documents have listed uh yeah 40 global 40 threats and number 40 is is this person what if he's not even him what if the ex-fitness instructor shares a name with the guy who's actually the threat, but they have to investigate everybody. Like, it's a common-sounding name. Maybe. Does that mean that the original person that they're actually looking for is also working at that gym? Or is that a complete, like, accidentally got the wrong person entirely wrong? I was thinking more like they identified the ones who would who fit the, the profile closest, and they were all being investigated. And this CIA operative was just tailing the fitness instructor you know get get to be his buddy get to know him. we got to make sure it's not him maybe i'm trying to figure out how right. you would how plausibly you could mix up two people with the same name unless they also shared like a job and a birthday which would be surprising well maybe the only information they had on it was the guy's name like who's, who's his really name and maybe like name. area of the country maybe right maybe and there's got to be flashbacks where he like flashes back to remembering like working with the guy at the gym and he like either says or does certain things that uh, now start making sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does the fitness instructor also have like a checkered past that he doesn't want to get found out? Reason number, you know, million for him to be hiding. Ooh, probably. Ooh, is he already in the witness protection program? Yeah. There's something that he doesn't want to be found out. You know, you have an extra reason for him not to be, not to go and be like, Hey, I'm, I mean, and it's the 50s. It very well could be something like he 
had a brother who was who joined the communist party like it could absolutely be something that innocuous that he knows would put him in the spotlight for being suspicious if it came to light and something that he'd been able to get away with not telling people before not with nobody knowing but now that this is part of it and now that he's being targeted for this that would look bad so this ends obviously with him clearing his name Hmm. unless it ends on a cliffhanger and it's part of a trilogy (laughs) maybe maybe it's a a part one but the entire saga ends with him clearing his name trying to figure out our arc Ooh, i like arcs that end um where he like you think he's going to be all right and then you realize like um no it's it happened anyway you know like yeah a good example but uh like it was all part of their plan you know yeah something darker Mm -hmm. so i'm curious as he does this so he does he what are his next steps? He doesn't just stay in hiding. He's trying to actively solve this. Is he making connections with former gym buddies to try to figure out what's going on? Does he get wrapped up in, cause he's got to get, he's got to like dig himself in deeper <laughs> um, yeah. as he tries to solve this. So is it like that he gets really involved with the actual bad things going on at the gym? Well, or... this is where we involve the love interest, right? So um, oh, there you go. <laughs> he, <laughs> there's a, there's a, someone's name that's ri- like jotted down on a note and a, and an address. The 39th global threat. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got to go to that address and figure out uh, how that person's connected and if they know anything. Oh. Yeah, he takes he takes the printout. He goes to that person and is like, why am I on this list? Who are you? Why are we both on this list? And that person has a little bit more information than he does because he's on it by accident. And it's like this dame who's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, and and then you like totally play with the idea, like all throughout, it's sort of this whole, you know, you bring in the exciting element of there is a love interest, but you have no idea if she's going to betray him (laughs) and (laughs) throw him under the bus. And maybe she does at the end. I don't know if we're going for a darker ending that very well might happen. And is there a lovemaking scene or not? You know, it it has to be tasteful. (laughs) Leave that up to the readers. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. This is, (laughs) this, this feels like a, it reminds me of like a, of like a North by Northwest kind of thing where, you know, ordinary person gets caught up in, it's a well-worn trope, but I like the idea, the way that this is going. And I like, I like this 40th global threat concept that he just finds his name on the list and is like, oh shoot. You can see the movie poster. He's like hiding in an alley and you can hear the chasing music. Like, waka, 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 you know? So before we, we wrap that section up, is there anything that we have not that anything that's missing in this that we're like we really need to still figure out where this is going well what's the what's the deal with the guy's brother like what are the stakes here is it just to clear his own name or is the life of his brother at stake you know or is he really patriotic and like the country's at stake at this point Mm -hmm. he's gotta i don't know save the president or something yeah yeah that's the thing is i feel like at the beginning he's just out there to to save his own his own skin and then he ends up getting drawn into something either drawn in on the cia side and they're like okay we're going to recruit you to do this or drawn in on the quote unquote enemy side. Right. They're going to blackmail him to do stuff for, for them. Or, I mean, and he, he could join some of the stuff willingly to be like, Hey, I'm just trying to figure out what, what happened and how I can get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) And if I need to to jump into it, to clear my name from the, from the actual murder, Uh I'll do it. Yeah. And five years ago, his brother just disappeared. Yeah. Yes. And that's why he quit fitness instructing because um, he's like been trying to figure out what happened to him. I like that. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I think that's a pretty solid basis. Well, I'm going to toss that out to our listeners, to folks. If you are if you are inspired by this and want to 
write this spy thriller story, please yeah. do. And as always, if you do write anything or draw anything or imagine anything based on this, or make a movie trailer, <laughs> make a movie trailer, go ahead and send it to us. We would love to, to share some of it on the podcast. We'd love to share it on our blog. Anything that you come up with, we'd love to see where our listeners take this story. Oh, and please uh, make the lovemaking scene tasteful. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we are going to go ahead and we're going to transition to our section where we're going to talk about a recommendation for a story that, to, that we'd like to recommend to our listeners. So I think I'm going to recommend a movie that I saw a couple of weeks ago. It's a foreign movie. It's Italian from the 50s. It's called Europe 51, and uh, it stars Ingrid Bergman as a, a woman who, sort of an upper-class socialite woman who goes through a terrible tragedy and it changes a lot of the way that she lives her life. It's a very slow and thoughtful movie that I found really compelling. It's just really interesting looking at how the things that happen in her life shape the way that she moves forward. It was apparently heavily inspired by like the idea of the stories of Catholic saints and what that would look like if somebody if one of them was alive today and it's a very it's a very interesting story about about people changing and people yeah just changing their lives in really drastic ways and she is great in it it's she's always great but she's really great in that one so i definitely recommend europe 51 it's nothing at all like the story we just discussed but it's it's really really excellent all right i'm gonna toss it over to jenny what would you like to recommend for our listeners this week i think i'm gonna recommend i was in the mood for horror movies the other week and I discovered a Korean horror film called The Cut or The Cadaver, depending on where you look it up. But I believe it's available on Hulu. Anyway, it's about these uh, med students who, who are in school and they're, they're in the dissection class with the cadavers. And of course, there's a haunting. And of course, there's intrigue. And of course, you know, there's spooky classrooms and the lights go out. Uh, and... But like if you're into foreign horror and you want to see something a little bit different and uh, you know, with the jump scares and the blood, th this one had a plot that was fairly complete for this genre. And there was a twist that I didn't see coming and I thought it was pretty intriguing. So give that one a try if that's what you're into. All right, Lowell, you get to recommend a story of some sort to our listeners. What would you like to recommend? I think for this one, I'll recommend um, Hyperion. It's a book by Dan Simmons. And Dan Simmons is an incredible writer, but it's sort of structured, I guess, in the same, similar to the Canterbury Tales. And it's a science fiction novel. It takes place in the future where all these worlds are sort of connected through these portals. And then on this one planet, like there's these things called the time tombs and they're moving backwards in time. And they're guarded by this character creature known as the Shrike. It's just really fascinating interweaving of plot lines. And uh, I guess they call it like a space opera, but um, it's really good. That does sound fascinating. I'll have to add that to my list. All right. So before we take off, Lowell, uh, let our listeners know where they can find you, your social media or your podcast, whatever you would like to share. Yeah, uh, I guess for like the past like six months, I've been working on this podcast called Prodigy. Um, and it sort of started out as like I wanted to start a podcast uh, to like sort of jumpstart my career. I'm a podcast producer. Um, and, uh, I was just like, what's, what would be interesting? What's interesting, interesting to me. And I just always thought stories of different prodigies were interesting. And as I sort of got deeper and deeper into the resource research, um, it just, it became more, I guess, like our current understanding of what nature versus nurture is. And I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember this, but there's, well, still, there's a lot of sort of like self 
help and like motivation style books that suggest that talent doesn't exist. You know, it's all about like deliberate practice. So I spoke with like, I don't know, 20 to 30 different PhDs and um, sort of wove it all together about what our basic understanding is of like what dictates our behavior and uh, where sort of uh, expert performance comes from. And then so I go from basically the extreme behavior side of the argument or environmental side of the argument, whereas like talent doesn't genetics doesn't matter to sort of the other side where genetics sort of determine everything and how that is actually kind of like a dangerous idea to have. Um, but those are the first three episodes that took months and months of work. But um, I have a, about five more episodes planned and um, some really cool subjects. I would uh, definitely check it out. It's, it was a ton of work. First episode is about the Polgar sisters. They're three female chess prodigies, and their father basically believed he could create prodigies, and he sort of did. Um, huh. His youngest daughter is the greatest female chess player of all time. That definitely sounds fascinating. I'll make sure and uh, put that information in the show description so that folks can go find your podcast and check it sure. out. Thank you once again so much for joining us today, Lowell. This was a really interesting one. This was really yeah. fun, a fun story to end up with. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's our episode, folks. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at WriteThisPod. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a spy movie trailer or anything else, <laughs> email us at somebodywritethis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks, and we'll see you then. And as they say, when you see a frog squatting in its home, don't ask for a chair. Leave that up to the readers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the listeners. Okay. Yeah, I, I keep saying readers and viewers today, and nobody's reading or viewing our, our podcast. <laughs>